a slave, uh, whatever that might be, but it was very common in that time and something that the people there would have understood. And as Paul described and talked to them, he says, hey, listen, this relationship that you have with your master, um, yeah, you probably need to rethink how you're doing it. If you can imagine human nature in those situations is to uh, do as little as possible, to get away with everything you can. And uh, he reiterates or he gives to them a, a new way of thinking because they're Christians. Not because of how good their master is or how bad their master is, but because of who their ultimate master is. And that is God the Father. So he tries to point them to that. The Word of God deals with a servant in many places. There's 22 references in the Word of God to the servant of the Lord. Uh, Moses was called the servant of the Lord more than anybody else. David, uh, next to that, the preacher or the, the man of God is called the servant of the Lord in Titus chapter 2. But there are few passages in the Word of God that deal with this subject matter specifically. And it is the really employee in our society, what would be the employee-employer relationship. So what we're talking about tonight is how to be a good servant. Really what we're talking about is how to be a good employee. This, these people might have been people that subjected themselves to uh, maybe be underneath somebody else in order to pay off debt. Pretty much everybody has been there at some point, right, in that situation. Like, okay, I've got to work this extra part-time job just so I get enough money to pay this bill or get that debt taken care of or do that. And you, you willingly do that. You subject yourself to that because you've got to get through uh, and make this payment or accomplish this, get this thing paid off. So this is what we're dealing with, the, really, how to be a good employee. Um, he describes here and says that it's according to the flesh, be a good servant in the flesh. And that, of course, is not dealing with the flesh, as we talk about with regards to opposed to the spirit or doing it carnally. But it's dealing with the physical body opposed to, uh, obviously, God's our ultimate master, but we're servants here in the flesh, in, in the world, in, in this way. Um, and directly emphasizes that. I want you to know that God takes notice of every part of our lives. Every part of our life is important to Him. Our job, where we work, what, what, what we do and how we act at the job. And He addresses it here in the Word of God. Every man, but especially the Christian, should strive to be the best possible employee. I mean, every man ought to be try and be the best employee a company has, but, but especially a Christian should strive to be the best employee. This is not human nature. Human nature is to strive to get as much as I can for as little as possible. And on the other side, human nature, from an employer standpoint, is they try to get as much out of their employees for as little pay as possible. That's human nature. But we're supposed to be functioning in a spiritual nature. Amen? That's how we're supposed to be. He describes this relationship here. Now, the average man today serves for a paycheck. But the godly man, as we'll see in this text, serves for God. Regardless of the position, regardless of the work, regardless of, the, of what it is you're trying to do... He serves for God. 
the paycheck is not a benefit. The Christian realizes that he is always, in every situation, a representative of Jesus Christ in serving the Lord. William Carey, that great missionary, Bible preacher, was being mocked for his work ethic and for what he did. And someone asked him why he did his business. He said, sir, my business is serving God. And I make shoes to pay the bills. My business is serving God. And this is what I do to pay the bills. We need to understand, beloved, that a job, regardless of who it is, because we're ultimately serving God, that we have a job in order to live, but we don't live for our job. We live for Jesus Christ. Bring honor and glory to Him, and the job is a means to an end. It pays the bills, but as we're doing it, we do it as unto the Lord. There are two types of servants found in the Scriptures. The bond servant, that's one that was purchased, uh, and that's what we are for Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us clear, clearly what? Know ye not that you were purchased? Know ye not that you were bought with a price? We've been bought with a price. Of course, the ultimate price that Jesus Christ paid and for us. And so he, he, we have that relationship with Him. We are a bondservant to Christ, willingly putting ourselves under Him because of what He's done for us. And you have a hired servant. You work for an agreed amount of time for an agreed amount of pay. There are several examples of this taking place, especially in the parables, where men were given a set amount of money for a set amount of time. And there was some complaining going on later in the day when they found that somebody else got the same pay. Well, wait, you agreed to work for this, for this time, then that's fair. That's what you agreed to. And if this guy agreed to work for half that time with with twice the pay, that doesn't make what you agree to wrong. And this world has a very wrong philosophy when it comes to this thing about, uh, about pay and recompense for, for the work done. But a hired servant, everybody's a servant to someone. Don't think that if ultimately I can become the boss, then I don't have to be a servant anymore. Really, it just means you have a lot of bosses. <laughs> This means you're accountable or responsible to a lot more people instead of just one or two. You've got a lot of people you answer to. I mean, all everybody's a servant to somebody. There's always going to be somebody over us. Tozer, in his comments on this, well, on the passage in Titus, which is a very similar passage, let me read it to you. He, he says, in Titus chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, he says, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Those are discussing this after much expounding on the times and life of Paul. Uh, he describes it for us. He says that those of you among us today who have the privilege of being called an employee opposed to a slave, you owe that privilege entirely to the influence of the gospel. He says, if you had the privilege 
uh, if you have the privilege today of being called an employee instead of a slave, you owe that to the influence of the gospel. In this area or others, it's the Christian heritage that has impacted our society and made it what it is. So I want you to see several things here this evening as we get into, the, into this passage of Scripture. First of all, we see in verse number 5, we see the duty of the servant. The duty of the employee as he serves in his place of business for his master, for his job, for his company, whatever it might be. First of all, the duty of to be submissive. To be obedient. He says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. Some today would have the mindset as well, I'll be obedient as long as he's fair with me. I'll be obedient as long as I get the respect I deserve. He's not going to respect me. I'm not going to respect him. That's the world's mindset. As long as things go my way, then, then yeah, I'll be obedient. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But as a Christian... We're serving God. He says in 2 Peter 2.18, Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. He says you're supposed to be obedient even to the one that's not fair. Even to the one that you don't like. He is the boss. And so you're supposed to be obedient to him, whatever, you know, this mindset today and, and the unions have really uh, promoted this like, oh, my job is this. This is what I do. The boss comes in and says, hey, I need you to clean the bathroom. Somebody made a big mess in the bathroom. We don't want the bathrooms at the, at the place looking like this. And you're like, oh, I don't clean bathrooms. I'm a, I'm a teller or I'm a, you know, stockman or I'm, I'm, I do. No, no, no. You do whatever you're told. You're just obedient. You just do whatever, uh, you know, I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know I could argue with the boss when I was growing up. And so when I was a teenager and the boss came and told me to do something, I just went and did it. And I didn't even realize the impact that I was having on him until one day he, our, our head manager of our store was standing with the district manager. Uh, I worked for Walmart. And he was standing with him and he looked at me and he says, Caleb, why don't you get a broom and go sweep the parking lot? And I said, Okay. And I left to go get a broom, and uh, then he stopped me, and he looked at the district manager, and he said, that's what I'm talking about. Doesn't matter what I tell him to do, he goes and does it. But I didn't know any better. I didn't know you could say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. It's hot outside. It's hot today. You're going to make me work outside in this heat and, and file a petition online against the company because, uh, you know, I'm made to do something I don't like. That's the mindset of today, but not the mindset of the Christian. He tells us to be submissive, to be obedient, and even to those that are forward. It's unpopular today. Even somebody that's a jerk, we're supposed to be obedient to. 1 Peter 2, verses 20 and 21 says, For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable unto God. You see, that's how we like everything to be fair. We want everything to be uh, equitable. And uh, listen, if I, I did wrong, I mean, some people won't even admit if they did wrong. But if I did wrong, I've got to deal with it. And I'll, okay, I'm getting chastised for it. I messed up. All right, fine. 
But he's saying even if somebody, if, if, if you're getting buffeted, called on the carpet, if you're getting reproved, and it wasn't even your fault, and you take that patiently, God said that's acceptable unto him. That's the mindset of the Christian who is always conscious of the fact that we're serving God and not serving man. It's mind-boggling today, the number of sick days and personal days and extra hours and hospital visits and everything else people get, and yet still the employee is unhappy. It's not enough. Beloved, if it's within your ability to do it, and it's not contrary to God's law, we're to be obedient. We're to do what we're asked. I mean, if it's against God's law, you know we obey God. And if it is quite literally outside your ability, then, you know, I mean, there's some, I worked in drywall, and sometimes we would be doing high buildings and big, big open, you know, uh, like cathedral type ceilings and you'd be off the ground and we had one guy there he was as tough as could be I mean he could take a 12 foot sheet of drywall and, and hold it up at one hand and, and nail it off with the other I mean he was, he was strong but you get him over about two foot off the ground and he was a baby I mean he could not I mean he just he would like hold, hold two steps up on the ladder and he's holding the ladder he's like I ain't moving you know, I, he just could not do that but that's because of, an, I mean, that's understandable. It's, it's some internal fear that he had. He could not function on a scaffold. So he did the stuff on the ground, and I did the stuff in the air, because I liked being up there. <laughs> you know, that was fun for me. But if it's something that you can't do, then it's understandable. But if you can, you ought to do it. You know, unemployment today is at an all-time high. I mean, right now, according to articles that I read today, According to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, there are more jobs available right now than there's ever been. There's over 10.1 million jobs available in the U.S. right now. You see job wanted signs all over the place. But people just don't want to work. People don't want to work. Yep, they're, they're getting paid to stay home. Uh, the CEO of a large construction firm in... Uh, I forgot where, sorry. But he said that uh, he, had give, he had given, well, many, many job interviews, but he had actually given the job to 100 employees that never returned. They, they, they got, like, okay, you're hired, and they never showed up for work. And he said that the situation is, is they're just trying to fulfill their requirements to keep their unemployment, and they just keep drawing unemployment. But a Christian shouldn't be that way. He said it's very common on, on, the, on the one job site. He said we need 300 people on this site every day. He said for six months we've had less than 160. I cannot keep people on the job. Right now the average tenure is about three to four months. And they leave. He says not uncommon to say that they'll, they'll ask, take a, break, uh, take a smoke break. They'll take a smoke break and never come back. They'll, they'll go out and take the trash out and get in their car and leave and just never, never text, never say nothing, just never show up again for work. He says, we can't keep them here. We can't keep them working. But a Christian shouldn't be that way. We see that where you should be submissive. We see the duty of the servant. We ought to also be serious. 
He says to do it with fear and trembling there. That quite literally means with a circumspect earnestness. Let me ask you, if I had a bomb up here and I said, you know the old uh, scenario, you got red and blue. Which one do you got to cut? You know, it's just this scenario. Um, which one? I mean, I think you would attempt that with some, you know, circumspect earnestness. You would attempt like, okay, this is important. This is no joking matter. This is not all for fun and games. This is important. Something that, well, that's how he's saying to approach the job, to approach the work, the person that you're working for with some circumspect earnestness, with some fear and trembling, with something that's important. You know, people just don't fear their boss anymore. They don't, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Elon Musk threatened to fire 75% of the workforce at Twitter. And they, they got online and they, the employees got together and filed this big petition against Elon Musk and said, you know, he can't do that. And they said, I don't remember the exact wording, but basically something like his verbiage is, is like making us feel insecure, like maybe our jobs are on the line. Well, hello. <laughs> That's what it is. Your job is on the line. And if you aren't working, you're going to get fired. If you aren't producing, if you aren't profitable for the company, why do you think you should be able to keep your job? That's, that's craziness. I mean, the mindset of some people today is crazy, but there's no fear there. They think, oh, I can just, I can just get online and, and take a stand against the company, and it's okay. There's no loyalty there. He says, do it with fear and trembling. God makes it clear that you're to fear what your boss can do to you, which is cut your pay or ultimately remove your position. He says to do it with a single mind. That is literally without hypocrisy, with an, with an undivided effort. That means when you're at work, you're at work. Can I tell you what? If I was an employer right now, if you worked for me, you would turn your job, you turn your phone in when you got to work. You'd come to work. Gus, do you have to do that? <laughs> At his job, he does. But I'm just saying, this is for security reasons, but I'm just saying, people today, they're, they're on their phones all the time. They're spending half of their work day answering emails and, and looking up stuff online and shopping on Amazon and watching YouTube videos. But that's not right. It's not right. It's sin, and Christians should never be doing that. We should not be that kind of a person. We know the Bible says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Whether therefore is no work, no device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest, do it with all thy might. People are very divided in their focus when they go to work. Got all these other things on their mind. But we're supposed to be singular in our focus. We're supposed to give an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And the honest day pay is whatever you agreed to work for. You say, well, they don't pay me enough to work that hard. They gave you a check. They paid you enough. They, they, they pay you what you agreed to. You said, okay, that's acceptable. I'll go to work for you. That means it's enough. I have articles and uh, comments here, according to salary.com, different surveys they've taken. 64% of employees visited non-work-related websites during their, their business days. 
can go on, on and on. I don't need to cover all that. You guys know it's a problem today, but Christians shouldn't be doing it. You might have a job that doesn't require you to engage your brain. You may sit. There's jobs like that. Like let's say you're sitting as a security guard at a front gate and you're just sitting there waiting for people to drive up. Maybe you can listen to messages. Maybe you can listen to preaching or something like that. While you're sitting there, you can do something. If that scenario is you, it's acceptable. It's okay. But you better not be stealing from the company. In Titus, that verse I read in Titus that uh, Tozer commented on, he says there, exhort servants to be obedient unto their masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. He says, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity. To purloin is to steal, is to take. And it was that type of theft uh, specifically is dealing with a uh, maybe a minor or smaller thing something that you might figure is not that big a deal. There ought to be something in the Christian's heart that says, this is not mine. I can't, I can't take that. Well, however small it is, is, is irrelevant. Whatever the size of the theft is, I mean, you could, you could steal the boss's car. You say, well, yeah, that would be stealing. But what if you use some tape that you happen to have in your pocket and then you got home and you use that tape on something in your house and in your heart and mind it ought to be, you know what, this belongs to the company. I should be taking this back to work tomorrow. I shouldn't be using it. If you were in a pinch and a point you, you had to use it, you go back the next day and you tell your boss, hey, I had this at the house or, you know, I know some of you guys like Matt, we were just talking about his company truck, got a company truck, lots of supplies there. And I, let's say his water heater broke, and he, had, he needed a two-foot piece of pipe to get his water back on, and he did that, and he'd go to his boss and say, hey, I used two foot of pipe out of the truck. What do I owe you for that? I want to make sure that we're square, and I'm not... I there ought to be something in the conscience of a Christian that says, I, I, I'm not going to purloin from the workplace. I'm not going to steal. It's not mine, no matter how little it is. And you know, you can steal time, too. Because they're paying you for your time. You know, you're not getting paid to be a witness. And I believe you ought to witness. But you're not getting paid to have a Bible study with somebody at work. There's opportunities. There's places for that. There's times where you can share an invitation to come to a chili cook-off or something like that, coming or going. You can be a witness, but you shouldn't be taking the boss's time and going around to all the desks and, and spending 10 minutes discussing the event with everybody because you're stealing time that's not yours. How to be a good employee is to be honest, even with the small things. It's with a singleness of mind. You should never take a job with the intent to just use that as a stepping stone. That's not a Christian mindset. 46% of workers are currently looking for a new job while they are at their place of employment. According to a website. It's online, it must be true, right? I don't know how, how accurate it is. It's, it's the statistic that I found, but I can guarantee you there's many people that do that. 
they're, they're, they're getting paid by an employee to work, and while they're at work, they're looking for a different job. But you see, Christians shouldn't live that way. We see the duty of a servant. I want you to see, secondly, the deportment of a servant, which we see in verse number 6. He says, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. So we see, first of all, that we're not to be doing it for show. He says, not with eye service as men's-pleasers. That means you work and you work hard all the time because it's right to do. You guys have all been in a place where there was that guy who would stand around leaning on the shovel until the boss came around, and then he would be like, oh, let's go, <laughs> let's show up. You know, they've got, the boss leaves, and he's standing around again, right? I mean, the boss is there. It's like, what do you need, what do you need boss? Yeah, well, I'll get it for you. And then the rest of the time, he's a lazy bum. But see, we're not to be that way. We're to be working all the time, not just for eye service, not just when it's in front of others when they might see it. You know, you carry a clipboard at work, so you look like you're accomplishing something here. Carry it around. Looking, looking like you're on a mission, like you've got something to do. You only do things when people will see them. Not with eye service. You know, would you, you would normally not even bother to close the door. But because somebody happens to be standing there, you're going to stop and take time to close the door. Or, or you wouldn't normally take the trash out. There's a pile of trash by the door, and you would normally walk out by it, just walk out and go get in your car and leave. But because somebody's there, because the boss happens to be standing there before you're talking to somebody, you're like, oh, I want him to see me do this. And, and you grab that trash and walk out. It's not how we should be. Not with eye service. You, you should do that all the time. Be that way all the time, whether people are looking or not. This really is a form of dishonesty. If it's not who you are as a person when you're doing it just in front of others, it's dishonesty. It's not who you are. I want, let me say, be sure your sin will find you out. If that's the way you are. Ultimately, you see guys that rise up fast through the ranks because what they really are doing is just trying to, to promote themselves. <laughs> Usually they fall pretty fast too. I recall when I was 17 and working at Walmart, I had a very good testimony. But can I tell you I wasn't perfect? I was asked one night, it was late, we were closing, I think we closed at 9 o'clock, so it was probably after 9 o'clock, we're shutting down, closing up the place and everything. And uh, I was asked to get the little remote control cars out of the parking lot and bring them into the lawn and garden. So I went out there and I got the remote control cars, but I mean, they're, they're kind of awkward. Like they're down low and I mean, you either got to push them or you got to pick them up. I figured why not ride them? <laughs> so I got on the little remote control car and drove it into the, into the lawn and garden. And then I got on the next one and I drove that one in. But of course this time I had to like take a cruise around the, around the counter or whatever was out there. And then, and then the next one, I did the same thing. And I don't know if I was on the third or fourth one or what, but I remember pulling in and I look up and realize that my manager had walked out of the door down at the end of the building and was standing there watching me that whole time. And I'm like, oh, sick. That's my dad's word. That's what he says all the time. And I just felt crushed because I knew that's not what I was supposed to be doing. And the manager called me in later and says, Caleb, what, 
what were you doing with them cars? You know, when we had a conversation. And I felt so bad. What I'm saying is, the Lord has a way of revealing it. The Lord shows it up. It shows up at some point. So he says here, do it from your heart. Do it heartily as unto the Lord. Do it sincerely. Put your heart into it. You can tell when someone's doing things half-hearted, when their heart's not in it. You know, you've all seen that undercover, undercover boss. The boss comes in. He's there working with the employee and the employee's bad mouth in the company. The employee's uh, talking about how mean the boss is. Or, or, or the employee's there and, and just half-hearted, like, like supposed to clean the ice cream machine, and he just throws a little water in there and says, that's good enough, it'll be all right. And, and those things like that, the boss sees over and over. We need to remember we're always in front of our boss. Because we're, we're doing it for him all the time. If we keep that in our mind, we'll realize of how we're supposed to be. It says here, well, thirdly, we see the desire of the servant. He says, with good will doing service as to the Lord, not unto men. With good will. Do you have good will for your boss? What do you desire for your boss? When was the last time you tried to make your boss look good? You say, well, he doesn't deserve to look good. He's your boss. You say, well, you know, I don't don't like him. Do you have good will towards your boss? I can guarantee you that if if you make a habit of making your boss look good, it will come back to you. If you just... Make a habit, doing what you can do. Not to promote yourself, not to make yourself look good, but to make your boss look good, it'll come back to you. It'll come back to you on payday. It'll come back to you on promotion. It'll come back to you when they've got to let 30 people go and you're, you're one that's going to stay. 30 other people were let go, but for some reason you weren't. Because your boss is looking to say, I want, I want him around. He makes me look good. It'll come, it'll come back to you. You've got to have good will, he says. The desire, your desire should be to make your boss look good. Titus 2.9 says, Exhort the servant to be obedient to their masters and to please them well in all things. Please them well in all things. That should be the desire of the servant. To please the boss in all things. How does the boss want this done? How can I make this better for for him? How can I help him? What can I do? And they will value and appreciate that in you immensely, especially in today's market for employees. They can't even get somebody to stay on the job. Too many people are taking that for an excuse. I was talking to Cody, who is a dentist, and... uh, he was talking about how he feels like he's wasting his time because he's got to do a lot of cleanings because they can't keep any hygienist. There's very few hygienists right now. They're in very high demand. And so hygienists are demanding money more than the dentists are getting paid. 
because there's very few of them. And there's, so they're, they're just like, well, they'll just go to another place because uh, there's another dentist offering more money. My own dentist was already telling me that last time I saw him that my dentist is doing all of his own cleanings. He's like, I'm not going to pay that much. He said, if I'm going to pay that much, I'll just clean teeth myself. So here is a, a, a you know, dentist, been, been a dentist for 35 years, and he has to do the cleanings because these hygienists that are fresh out of college are demanding too much money. There's no desire to please their boss, to please them well in all things. This is the way of the world, but it shouldn't be the way of Christian. I want you to see, lastly this evening, the dividend of the servant in verse number 8 there. He says, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Beloved, there is a reward for doing right. There is a reward for living like a Christian, for honoring God, for working like a Christian. I know at times that you feel abused because you'll work hard and you'll work late and you'll do what needs done. And so your boss will dump it on you because he knows you're going to do it. And you feel like he's just giving it. That guy is a lazy bum and he complains and whines and, and, and puts up a fuss. So the boss is not going to ask him to stay late. He'll ask me to stay late because I'm willing to do it. And you feel like you're abused or taken advantage of. But the master is watching. The master knows. And what he says is that he will, the same shall he receive of the Lord. When you do right, when you honor your boss, hey, humble yourself and he'll lift you up. When you try and make your boss look good, when you try and just serve and give your whole heart and do it with a singleness of heart and just day by day doing right, the master, our master, sees it and he's going to honor you for that. He's going to lift you up. He's going to reward you. And there are rewards that are far beyond a few more dollars on your paycheck. I know sometimes that's what you need is some dollars on the paycheck because you got bills and I understand that. And I think God knows that too. And he knows what you need before you even ask. He says he'll give you the same. You know the old adage, <laughs> the old uh, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Or the biblical principle, you reap what you sow. This is what he's saying here. He says, if you will do right, God's going to bless you and honor you for it. He'll give that to you again. But you know what? When you do wrong, you're going to reap that too. And as a Christian, we have the possibility of a reward from the master. Colossians 3, to 25, for those of you that are taking notes, is another passage that's very similar and deals with this same thought. He says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. But verse 24 says this, Knowing that the Lord, ye shall receive a reward. Knowing that of the Lord, sorry, I missed a word. Knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward. God's going to give you a reward. Of God, he's going to bring it to you. Amen, wouldn't you rather have him looking out for you? 
It's amazing what he'll do when you do right. When you and I are not a good employee, when we're a bad testimony for Christians, for Christ, God sees that too. Christians, we can't act like that. And you're going to ask them to come to a fall family activity or church. You know, the reason most people do not do what they're supposed to do is because they are not living consciously of the master. They don't see that. Say, well, the boss is away. It's okay. But the boss is never away. You know, Christian, if Christians acted like Christians, that is, they did these things, I think that on a job application, there would be a spot to mark if you're a Christian or not. I'm saying if as a general rule, as a practice, the majority of Christians lived and acted this way, that Christians would be in high demand in the workplace. People, job interviewees and, and human resource departments would be looking for Christians because there would be an ongoing testimony available in the community after community after community of the fact that these people that call themselves Christians, they work hard. They're loyal to the company. They're willing to serve. They're going to do what's right no matter what. They're not going to steal from you. They're going to be honest. They're going to try and make the boss look good. They're going to be willing to do what needs done. That's the guy we want. I think it'd be on the, on the interview sheets. You'd be in high demand. But what that tells me is that there's way too many Christians that are acting and living just like the world. And out there in the workforce, there's no difference. So instead, they ask, you know, have you been convicted of a felony? Are you guilty of, uh, do you use drugs? You know, they, they, they have questions about all kinds of stuff, but they don't care if you're a Christian or not. You could put down on there that you are a Christian. It doesn't matter. That doesn't have any points for you. But that's because of the testimony of so many other Christians. And it ought to have a pretty high mark for you. There's a lot of people maybe aren't going to do right. But as Christians, we ought to do right. And honor the name of Christ, our Master, every place we're at.